I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Alicia about the birth of her two children, Max and Millie. Alicia takes us through her two births, both which were at home. Initially, Alicia had a lot of anxiety and was pretty nervous around giving birth, but she read a book that really helped her. So I'll let her take you through that, and I hope you love the episode. Hi, Alicia. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Alicia Rutherford. I live in the Manawatu with my husband, Liam. So he's a school teacher. And our two kids, Max is two and Millie's six months old. Um, I'm a city councillor and I also work um, part-time for Liam's school as well. And then I've got a small business on the side called Max and Millie, which I started about 18 months ago before I named the second child. (laughs) And um, it's currently closed at the moment because I'm actually in the middle of a campaign for re-election to council. So things are pretty hectic around here. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you the first time around? Um, So Liam and I actually, we've been fostering kids for about, we started about seven or eight years ago. And we, so we've always had kids in the house and um, we've always talked about having our own kids at some point. But it wasn't something that we had planned for, I guess, for this right now, this stage of life. But we got pregnant because I'd been on the pill for years and I wanted to come off it. I felt like I wanted to give my body a bit of a break from all of the extra hormones. And so um, I told Liam that contraception was his responsibility. (laughs) And Liam did not take that responsibility very seriously. (laughs) So we got pregnant. Yeah. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or were you sort of unsure because you'd just come off the pill? Do you want to take us through that? Um, So I'd been off the pill for maybe about eight months. It was actually that when I found out I was pregnant, it was actually election night. Um, So nearly three years ago. It was October and I just finished my first term on council and I was like finding out that that night if I was going to be re-elected. I, I wanted to have a couple of celebration drinks <laughs> or commiseration drinks, you know, I didn't know at that point, um, but realized that my period was a few days late. And so um, we were actually staying at a hotel in town with my family who'd come down from Auckland to, you know, be supportive and hear the election results with me. And so Liam and I popped out to get some snacks and a secret pregnancy test. And then 
like knew we had to do the do the test just to make sure you know we would rather be safe and so we did the test and it was positive um and it was crazy because just minutes after the test my sister got back and just kind of walked into our hotel room and we were both pretty shocked but just had to kind of pretend everything was (laughs) completely fine and then from there we had to head up to the council chamber and find out if I still had a job so everybody thought I was really nervous about the election results but I was actually (laughs) in shock because I had just found out I was pregnant yeah um and then later that night like I remember we went with um you know all my other colleagues had got elected we went out to the mayor's house and I just had to act completely normal and I had a wine in one hand and Liam would just keep coming over and he he was sipping at it so that it was still going down. But yeah, no, nobody noticed. And then I think, I think we pulled it off pretty well. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What a massive night for you. And did you have many early symptoms sort of from there? Did you notice many changes straight away or did it take a while? I, I don't think I, I really noticed anything. I contacted a midwife pretty fast and she mentioned to me like I might start to. So at that point she thought I was probably about five weeks um and she said you know maybe I'd start to get some symptoms and I just remember thinking no like I've maybe I've escaped it you know um because I know often that's the first sign people realize they're pregnant or you know find out they're pregnant and I didn't have anything and then bang on six weeks I just started vomiting and I was vomiting up to 10 times a day um sometimes more right right up to 20 weeks but it was just crazy because I was never, ever nauseous. So I would know like 30 seconds before I was going to be sick. Oh, no. And it was, I always, it was amazing though, because I always had enough time to like duck outside or go to the yeah. bathroom or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I'd be in a council meeting, I'd just duck out, vomit, go back into the meeting. <laughs> and, and no, so nobody knew. Um, I didn't, I told the mayor and I told a couple of my colleagues that I was closer with um, earlier on, but staff and the rest of my colleagues didn't find out till I was 19 weeks and so that me being sick continued right through that time. Yeah wow you did a good job of keeping it a secret for sure and did you tell your family or anyone like that your sort of close friends before that time? Yeah so actually the day after we found out um, my parents were due to fly back to Auckland and we so we had decided we would rather tell them in person because we only sort of saw them every you know few months um, so we, we started this conversation by trying to get them to confirm that I was the favorite child. Um, and then they just kept saying, you know, no, you're the favorite eldest daughter and all of that rubbish that, you know, parents try to please everyone. And then we were like, no, like we're giving you the first grandchild. Like we better be the favorites. And so they were just, you know, screaming and so excited. And we called Liam's mom and told her and then sort of slowly told our siblings and grandparents and stuff over the next I think maybe we waited to about 10 weeks to tell them and then we told a few friends at about 12 weeks but um, kind of kept it on the down low for everyone else until about, yeah, 19 weeks. Awesome. And what was the rest of your sort of experience like? Did you do the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand or what were your thoughts there? Um, So I did – I only did the blood tests. I didn't want to do the um, diabetes or – um, glucose testing mainly because I didn't want to drink that drink I just heard all of these yeah. stories about how terrible it tasted so I told my midwife I didn't want to do that and she was just like yep that's you know completely optional it's it's 
your choice. So, um, yeah, like the, the pregnancy itself was fine. And I, I completely credit that to my midwife. She was just amazing. Um, when I first met her, I explained to her, like, I have such a low pain tolerance. I am terrified <laughs> of needles. The idea of labor freaked me out. Like I was still post trying to process this fact that I'd have to give birth. Like that just was too much. And so she suggested I read this book called, um, Guide to Childbirth by Ina May Gaskin. And it just completely changed my whole mindset. And I, I feel like that kind of set, um, the tone for my pregnancy because it was just so good after that. I was so relaxed and nothing was a big deal. Um, you know, being sick right up until 20 weeks, it just, it wasn't even an issue. I was still eating and drinking completely normally. So I didn't lose weight. Um, and I guess, yeah, like all my blood tests and stuff were fine. So, um, I didn't, I didn't sort of need anything extra. I started getting tired. I think as everyone kind of does towards the last few weeks and I'd just schedule work so that I'd have a couple of hours in the day and I'd just go home and have a nap and then go back in. Um, but yeah. apart from that, yeah, like it was, it was fine. Oh, awesome. And did you have much of a birth plan or thoughts on where you might like to deliver or how did you go through that? Yeah. So, um, we did have, we kind of had like our birth wishes and, um, Liam and I, we both read the, um, guide to childbirth book. So that kind of set our expectations for labor. We had decided quite early on, we were going to do a home birth and, um, I think that was because I wanted to avoid as much intervention, which was really mostly needles, um, as possible. And so we, we knew we had to get to 37 weeks and be low risk. You know, there was criteria to make sure that that could happen safely. Um, and then apart from that, we did an antenatal class, which, um, I thought was quite good. Like the class itself taught us, you know, a few things and it taught you more practical things about actually what physically happens to your body during labor and, uh, and stuff like that but um the people in the class like the friends that we got from this class actually is what got us through that first year of parenting um they were just you know our rock and they were the people that we could go and vent to and ask questions and see what people were doing um we were really close with some couples in particular but actually as a group most of the group still talk nearly every day so they were worth every cent because we did pay for that class but yeah, we got incredibly lucky and um, a lot of the group are now onto their second babies too. So our coffee group's just starting to get its second wind and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. I think that's such a great thing that um, people often say comes out of antenatal classes and obviously you've had a good experience there too. So that's great. Awesome. And did you end up going into labor spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that, how far along you were and all that? Yeah, sure. So um, I was exactly 37 weeks and I'd been telling my midwife since I was about 12 weeks that I would be having my baby at 37 weeks. And um, it was really weird. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know whether it was a mindset thing because I knew I had to get to 37 weeks to have a home birth. I was just, that's that's kind of what I, I was telling her. And she just thought that was hilarious because, you know, especially your first labor often you're yeah. over. So 37 weeks came along. Uh, I was getting ready for work in the morning and then I noticed a, a little bit of um, like pink fluid and blood and it wasn't even enough for me to think it was a show or, you know, mucus bug or anything. It was just the tiniest amount. And so I called my midwife just on my way to work and I just said to her, you know, this is what's happening. She goes, oh, you know, it's probably fine, um, but she'll check in with me later just to just to be sure. So went to work, we were interviewing 
CEO candidates for the council. And we did the first interview and I was fine. And then I just started getting a bit restless and um, I just like I couldn't sit still. So I was sitting and standing and I felt like I was just moving around. And then we broke for morning tea. My midwife called me to check in and like I told her I was, you know, fine, no more blood or anything like that, but I just could not sit still. And she goes, oh, you're probably in labor. And then I was like, oh, well, what do I do? <laughs> you know, because of course, when you go into labor, you forget everything from antenatal class. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, oh, we've still got someone else to interview. She goes, oh, we'll go back to your meeting then. I was like, okay, sweet. So for me, like even that itself kind of set the tone because it was just so relaxed and not a big deal and there was no panicking or anything. So I was like, okay, sweet. So went back to my meeting. Um, I'd called Liam because he was supposed to be heading to Wellington that, that afternoon for work. So um, he cancelled his plans and stayed at school. And then I just went back to the meeting. Um, and then I started to notice like my stomach would get a bit tense just for a couple of seconds and then relax. But apart from that, like, and the restless feeling, there was just nothing that I sort of thought would happen, um, you know, to show me I was in labor. So I finished the interviews about 1.30, drove home. Liam met me there. He'd been to um, Carl's Jr. and got in, like, a bunch of burgers and stopped at the shop and got <laughs> lollies because we, we genuinely thought, you know, oh, your first labor is a long one. So we were settling in for a couple of days. So he, he came home with snacks. Yeah. Um, so we got home and just started setting up the house. Like we'd kind of had an idea of, you know, sort of our birth wishes of what we wanted. So we lit the fire, filled up a pool, um, closed the curtains, you know, put a sign on the door saying go away, um, put af- birth affirmations up. Um, I realized I hadn't made up the, um, bassinets. So I was like, oh, I should do that. Um, and then I decided I'd try and have a nap. So I lay down. I was like, lying there for a minute or two and then just was still really restless so I thought this wasn't going to happen so we went out and hung out in the lounge with Liam we were just eating lollies and I was bouncing on the Swiss ball and I started to get these kind of um you know these waves of of tension on my stomach it wasn't painful though so I still like I was kind of looking out for this these painful contractions or my water's breaking or something so it was just these just getting tense and then relaxing and it kind of was like cramp. Then I um, I think it was probably about 3.30 at that stage, so I thought oh, I'll, I'll jump in the shower. Liam started baking muffin tops. Um, we did talk about him baking muffins, <laughs> but he reckoned that the best part of the muffin was the top part. So he just did his thing and he just baked muffin tops. Um, so I was like in the shower and then I thought, yep, now I'm done with this bit because I, I felt like I needed to kind of move around different spaces. So I got out of the shower and at about quarter past four, my midwife called to check in. And just as she like was calling, she was on the phone, on speakerphone, talking to Liam. He was telling her about the baking he was doing when she was calling to check in on me. But um, I had like a couple of really strong contractions come out of nowhere and they were on top of each other. There was a, a few seconds like breaking in between. And so they were my first contractions and I'm just, you know, breathing through them and the midwife was saying, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And I said, oh, hold on. And as soon as she heard me say, hold on, she was like, oh, no, I'm coming. I'm on my way. And um, it was crazy. I just, I'm sure midwives have like something magical about just knowing, you know, voices. <laughs> so because at that stage we were like, oh, no, this is so early, you know. And um, so I decided I'd get in the pool because those two contractions kind of, they threw me a little bit and um, 
they were so intense and I was thinking, oh, okay, this is why people have pain relief. Like if you've got, you know, 18 hours of that. Um, and so then I went and got in the pool. Um, as soon as I got in there, it was bliss. Like yeah. just everything went. It was so good. Just kept breathing through. I was getting tight and then like relaxing and it was fine. Um, and then just before five o'clock, I kind of felt this pop and I thought, oh, my waters have broken. So I said to Liam, you know, call the midwife. And, but actually as he's like dialing her number, she was pulling up into our drive. So she kind of, you know, came in and got herself set up, came over to see me and she just put her hand on like my shoulder to ask how I was doing and then realized like the water was too cold. So, um, we didn't actually test the water to see how warm it was. I just thought it was good for me. And so, um, she was like, no, you need to get out. Like the water's too cold for the baby. So, um, obviously it's got to be quite warm. So we got out, I got out and sort of set up near the fireplace. And then at this stage, our backup midwife arrived and, um, things were starting to get a little bit more intense. But for me, I still thought we were like a day away from having a baby. Um, I, I, I felt like it was intense, but it nothing was like, I still wasn't experienced like any experiencing any high level of pain or anything like that. There was nothing that was outside of my control at that point. Um, so I just kept breathing and tightenings were, you know, and picking up the intensity. And then, um, and then I did start to feel like this kind of this burning and it, it didn't like, it wasn't, it was definitely burning, but it wasn't, you know, intense either. So I just thought, oh, maybe the baby's moving around or I just, I felt quite naive because nothing was, um, really dramatic and there wasn't anything that was, yeah, just out of control. So I just kept breathing and breathing. And then my midwife told me the head was out and I was really surprised because I, I thought we were quite a way away. And so I was like, well, what, what do I do now? She goes, oh, you know, just, just follow your body. That's what you've done so far. So if you want to push, push. If you don't want to push, if you just want to keep breathing slowly, just keep doing that. So I thought, okay, well, the head's out, like, let's get the baby out. So I pushed and then the baby was born. And it was, it was, I think when I was, I, I'm, I pushed twice, I think, <laughs> um, and came out and, you know, brought the baby up to me. And then after a few minutes, I would say to Liam, oh, we like, <laughs> we have a baby. Like, what do we have? And so we checked and he was a boy. Um, and so we just kind of snuggled up next to the fire and maybe about 20 minutes later, Liam cut the cord. Um, and then a little bit after that, I started to feel a bit crampy. Then I had pushed a couple of times and the placenta came out. It was all, it was all very surreal because it felt very, very relaxed and very calm. And, um, yeah. So Liam and the backup midwife went and checked out the placenta because. <laughs> I think by that stage, Liam felt like he was practically a midwife too. And my midwife checked me out. I had just like a small tear, which was like my worst nightmare. Um, I actually think that was worse than labor. Um, and I'm probably being dramatic, but the, I felt like the needle was huge. It was so painful because they inject you a few yeah. times. Um, so it wasn't very nice. And, you know, you've just pushed a baby out, but, um, so yeah, I couldn't, like, I couldn't feel any pain, but I could feel tugging with the stitches too. Yeah. And that in itself, like made me feel really nauseous. So I had a bit of rescue remedy and I was all right, but I was probably pretty dramatic at that point. Awesome. And so you obviously delivered the placenta without needing the injection to help that along. Yeah. Yeah. That just, 
that just kind of came when it was ready as well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And did you try to latch um, him on straight away or what was the process from there? We, um, I actually kind of forgot about that. So um, I was having, you know, like cuddles with um, with him and then Liam was having cuddles and the middle of us were like, oh, you know, we let's try and latch baby. So um, we we tried and he sort of like latched a little bit for a few minutes and then he would kind of like slip off and he was quite small. So he was um, 2.4, I think, kilos, about 6.2 pounds. Um, And so, I mean, he was, he was still a fine size, you know, he was just on the smaller side and um, yeah, so he, he, he sort of latched on and off, but we didn't really have, you know, a consistent, like a, a good solid feed at that point. It was just very, like he was yeah. snacking already, definitely <laughs> my child. Yeah, awesome. And what happened from there? Um, so I just went and had a shower. Um, Liam had cuddles with Max. We had a cup of tea and muffin tops <laughs> with the midwives. <laughs> um, and then they headed home. So we, um, we called our parents on FaceTime. Um, and when we called my parents, we, we never said that we had the baby. We just like chatted to them normally while I was holding the baby. And then um, they took about 30 seconds to click and they were like, um, whose baby is that? And we were like, oh, this is our baby. <laughs> um, his name's Max. And then they just went nuts. Like my mum went and got a bottle of champagne. It's like 9 or 9.30 on a Thursday night. She goes and gets a <laughs> bottle of champagne and they had a little party. My dad was a little bit emotional because his dad, um, so my granddad was named Max and my dad's middle name's Max. So yeah. the name was quite special to our family. Um, and I, I, they just weren't expecting that because we never – we didn't know whether we were having a boy or a girl and um, we hadn't really spoken to anyone about names. Like every time people would ask names, Liam would just make up these ridiculous <laughs> names and like tell people that's what we were calling the child. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people took us too seriously. <laughs> so then after that, um, after we spoke to our families, I went to bed. Liam went and watched a movie with Max in the lounge. And um, then we were just parents. Yeah, amazing. And you're just all at home and you don't have to go anywhere. And what a lovely experience that you had. Yeah, it was so nice. Like um, even just, yeah, getting into your own bed after that. Um, my midwife had gone and like while I was in the shower, she went and put a um, like a brolly sheet under our under our bed so that um, just, you know, just in case <laughs> things got a bit messy yeah. and um, I just went and yeah, went and got into bed and it was awesome. And then she came back the next day, but it was still like, we were still, you know, hanging out on the couch and just in our own home. It was really nice. Yeah. Mm, that's so lovely. And were you planning on trying to sort of breastfeed from there or what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Like we had always kind of assumed well, we would give it a go, but we were quite, um, we were quite realistic about like knowing that it can be quite challenging and it can be quite painful as well. So for me, like I sort of set a goal to say that I wanted to, um, I wanted to feed for the first month. And then, um, you know, like once I got to the first month, I was like, oh, you know, I can, I can stretch it out to be eight weeks. And then once we got to eight weeks, um, you know, you just kind of (laughs) forget about setting goals, but, um, it was really hard to latch Max. He was, um, small, he had a bit of jaundice, but not enough to need to go into the hospital. We just sort of, you know, lay him out in front of the window and that kind of thing. But um, 
I couldn't get him to latch properly. And so by about day four, he'd lost 11% of his body weight. Um, so my midwife got us an appointment with a lactation consultant in the hospital. Um, and that was a really weird feeling walking into the hospital with a, like yeah. a four day old baby. Um, you know, we, because the lactation consultants were also in the maternity ward. Um, so that, that was a really strange feeling, but we, um, and also, um, day four was my like mental health day. You know, how there's like a emotional yeah. catch up with your hormones. So we were like driving to the appointment and I'm like crying. Mm. And Leon was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, it was a very emotional day, but we were very fortunate that, um, it just lasted that one day. So, um, when I saw the lactation consultant, she gave us, um, a nipple shield. And from there, we were just all go. Like, it was just awesome. Um, my milk came in that day as well. Um, and we also had discovered Max had a lip tie. So we had to organize for that to be, um, snapped off, which wasn't the nicest experience. I mean, he doesn't remember it, but to be fair, I didn't remember it either because I couldn't stay in there with him. Yeah. But it was just, you know, like knowing that you had to sort of organize that for your baby. Um, and then once we kind of, we, once we were on the shield, like I definitely tried a few times to latch without it and it was quite challenging. Um, and I just kept remembering, you know, people say it takes about six weeks to sort of get into a good rhythm with feeding. Um, it took me eight weeks and, um, and I think I got to six weeks and thought it should be good now. And it was still, you know, just sometimes it was painful and, and, you know, you're putting in nipples through a lot of trauma yeah. <laughs> with a newborn who struggles to latch. Um, so I had said, you know, like, I just want to get to eight weeks. And then, um, I got to eight weeks and just one day it was just magic. Like we were, um, latching with no shield and there was no pain and yeah, it was just awesome. So, um, I was quite fortunate. I fed Max right up until he was 19 months. And then, um, at that stage, um, I was pregnant. And so I guess my milk changed because he sort of just decided he wasn't having a bar of it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to ask you, where did you sort of get your birth pool and stuff like that from for your home birth? Like this, the sort of setup that you need? Yeah. So my midwife had, um, told me that there was a home birth association, Manawatu Home Birth Association. Um, and so to look them up on Facebook. So I just looked them up and then sent them a message and was like, I'm having a home birth. What do I need? And can I get a pool? Um, and so she'd given us all that information. So we hired a pool and we hired a Califont, I think it was called, like the, the heater yeah. that we obviously didn't use correctly. But um, so we hired that and picked that up. Um, we picked it up the day before Max was born. So you, you're not supposed to get it until 37 weeks. <laughs> but because I had my meetings on the, the, you know, when I was 37 weeks, we organized to pick it up the day before. So it was just literally sitting in the car um, from the night before. And then I I text the person who we got it off that night and I was like, oh, baby's been born, we'll drop it off tomorrow. <laughs> so um, we had it for like 48 hours, yeah. maybe less. Yeah, wow. But yeah, we, we hired it through the um, Home Birth Association and they provided a liner for us, which we, um, we threw out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And what was your physical recovery like from your birth? So you mentioned that you got sort of a couple of stitches and, um, I imagine it was probably quite different to how someone might feel in a hospital birth. So do you want to take us through that? 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was weird because I also, like, I watched a lot of Call the Midwife to prep myself for labor. And, um, I felt like you would kind of be, you know, in bed for a few days afterwards. And I, I didn't really know actually what that like physical recovery looked like. And so I got out of the, you know, I had Max and I went and had a shower and I came out and I just kind of, you know, like I was a bit tender, but I was, I was still walking around and normal and, and that kind of thing. Um, and so apart from just stitches recovering, which, um, you know, were just like a little bit stingy for a week or so, um, and, and just being a little bit sore, I was taking, um, Arnica tablets, which, um, had been a recommendation from someone I followed on Instagram. And, um, so I was taking those and I, I do think they helped quite a bit because, um, it, it just felt, I just felt a little bit bruised and, and was completely fine. Um, after that. And, and I guess as well, yeah, like being in the comfort of my own home, I kind of, you know, could lie around on the couch or go jump into bed yeah. or just sort of, you know, like I had all of those spaces straight away that I could kind of relax in. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And what about your um, emotional sort of recovery and adjusting to life with a newborn? How did you find that? It was good. Liam took two weeks off, which was awesome. So um, we were just kind of, you know, in this blissful stage where you're just at home and we didn't really know what day it was or what the time was, that kind of thing. And um, we were just hanging out and it was really, really nice. We went for walks and, and stuff like that. It was good to have him there. Um, I think for me as well, like when I was pregnant, I never had a attachment to the baby. Um, so I wasn't, I definitely was not one of those people who was like, you know, absolutely in love with this baby growing inside of me I was like you know I'm pregnant that's cool the human body is cool like it's you know amazing what we can do and what we're capable of and and growing a baby is an incredible process in itself um but it was like when Max was born I was like oh okay like we have a baby like it was it was a really strange feeling and then the next day I was like oh my goodness I have a baby like <laughs> give him to me like let me take photos I, I want to hold him all the time like it was but it was quite it was quite strange like I mean even I had Max and then I sort of gave him to Liam and went to bed you know yeah. um I definitely didn't have that have that wave of um you know crazy crazy emotions that comes comes as soon as he's born but the next day I was all over him yeah um and then, yeah, like I had, had day four, which was pretty emotional. And then, um, and, and I guess like William and I talked about that. We called it the mental health day and we knew it was coming. Like, you know, we were, we thought it would be there around day three. And so day three, we were like, okay, today's mental health day, like really prepared for it. And we were talking about it a lot. Um, cause we, we thought it was really important to sort of normalize that. So, um, then when it stuck around, like we just, Liam just kept checking. I was okay. My midwife was amazing. Like she would just ask, she, every question she asked me, she, she asked it in the right way to sort of check how I was doing rather than just, you know, how are you today type thing. Um, and so that was, that was really good. And, um, and yeah, like I'd never, I never experienced any, um, huge challenges apart from just being sleep, you know, sleep deprived and, your baby would go through different stages of growing and developing and everything was either like they were going through a growth spurt or, 
you know, a leap or something. Yeah. There was there was always kind of an answer for it, but um, just different challenges that come with a new baby and learning who they are and how they operate. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And you obviously, um, you mentioned before that you were pregnant around 19 months after Max was born. So did you get your period back while you were breastfeeding or what was that experience? I did. I got it back around, I think it was around eight months. And, um, everybody says you don't get it when you're breastfeeding, but that was not true (laughs) for me. Um, so we, yeah, I got it around eight months and it was a regular for a couple of months and then kind of settled into, into a routine and, um, was just, yeah, normal. I guess once, um, Max was sort of having decent amounts of food and a little bit less milk, maybe that helped, but, um, yeah, so I got pregnant when he was, I don't know how old, but I remember he stopped feeding about 19 months. I think it was 19 months. Yeah. Anyway, um, we we actually had just gone through the process of um, being formalized for um, being approved for adoption. So we'd always talked about having two kids because we wanted like Max to have someone to play with. Um, but we didn't necessarily, we weren't set on us needing to have another baby ourselves. And then, um, I had missed my period and it was maybe about four or five days late at that point. And I took a test and it was negative. So I thought, okay, that's fine. It's just, you know, it's just late. And then like two days later, nothing. So I took another test. I ended up taking four tests (laughs) and the fourth one was positive. And they were over the space of about five days. And so I just, I was just thinking, oh, like, I'm sure this isn't something, there's got to be another reason. But no, I was pregnant. And so um, came out and told Liam and he's just the most supportive person. So, you know, could have said anything and he would have been like, this is awesome. So, um, yeah, we were, we were due to have another one and um, had a young baby. So that the kids ended up being 21 months apart. Um, which was not quite in the plan. We were hoping for a, you know, a bigger age gap, but, but we love it. And it's, you know, it's teaching us a lot. We're learning. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And did you have many symptoms this pregnancy that were different to your first? Um, so in some ways, like things were exactly the same and then others, they were so different. So I was only sick once. But I think I'd also eaten like nearly two liters of goody goody gum drop ice cream. So I think that was it. I don't think it was the pregnancy. Um, so I was really nauseous from about six weeks up until probably close to 20 weeks again, like a similar time frame. But I was just really nauseous all the time. So um, I really struggled with that because I felt like there was never an end to it, you know, like I just constantly felt sick. Um, and it was not fun. I had, um, I had heartburn, but I actually remember I did have that with Max. Like I'd eat a lot of those Melanta, Melanta or whatever they're called tablets. And so I had that, that was the same and I felt the same. Um, the placenta was in the same place. So I never had movements until quite late, maybe 22, 24 weeks. And, but this baby was when we got to about 25 weeks would kick nonstop like was so active um I was always being kicked in the ribs and I I never had that with Max like Max kicked but not as much as this other baby Mm -hmm. um and so 
yeah, there were like, there were definitely a couple of differences, but for the most part, like I felt like I carried exactly the same. I looked, you know, my bump was in the same place and yeah. So, so physically I think I looked the same. Yeah. And were you planning on having another home birth? Have you sort of given that much thought? Yeah. Yeah. Like we, um, that was just a no brainer for us. Like we just had the best experience. Like I loved our first experience. Liam loved it. Um, it was, it was so good. So we were definitely set on having, having another home birth. We, um, we'd contacted our midwife. Actually, we did the, when we did the test, I probably text my midwife like 20 minutes later. Um, <laughs> and was like, are you free in March? And she just replied, I thought you weren't having another baby. <laughs> I replied, I thought so too. Um, <laughs> but so she was actually planning on being um, out of the country. And so we contacted um, the backup midwife from Max's um, birth. And so we booked her in. Um, so we and saw her and, and had her locked in. Um, and so she was all, all set for the home birth as well and just said that um, if, our original midwife was out of the country. She would find someone else to come out, but that she was um, quite confident that we would be able to do another home birth. Yeah, awesome. And did you sort of think that you wanted to do the same with the way that you ordered the um, stuff that you need at home? Yeah, kind of. We we contacted them and we said like, oh, we need it at 35, uh, 36 and a half weeks just to be safe. Like we need to be able to do a trial run of, heating up the water and setting the pool up and stuff this time yeah. just to make sure we could get it right. So um, we picked it up, yeah, just after 36 weeks. We set the pool up and then we filled it out. We timed it. How long would it take to get it to a certain temperature? You know, we did all of that. Um, we did it twice. So we were like, we felt like we were pros. Um, and then we just left it set up in the lounge but with no water in it. So, um, yeah, we it, it was all good to go. Yeah. And how far along were you when labor started this time? Um, so I was 37 weeks. Um, so it was the week that I was turning 37 weeks and, um, we'd actually been away for the weekend with my family and I felt the baby drop like while I was away. And so I texted my midwife and was like, Hey, baby dropped yesterday. I'm not in labor, but. I think the baby's coming this week. And um, so I was 36 and a half weeks at that point. And she was like, oh, yep, cool, thanks. But actually she told me what she thought the baby was going to be closer to 42 weeks. And I don't know where she got that from, but she was just, she was convinced. And so I was like, no, you're wrong. Um, but, <laughs> but she was adamant. And so um, I had an appointment with her. And um, that week, and I still said to her, like, you know, I feel like I, um, I was getting a lot of Braxton Hicks and I had actually been having them for about, you know, 10 weeks. So for me, it wasn't a big deal because it was just, I'd just been getting them. Um, and I said to her, no, I'm having the baby this week. And she was like, yeah, okay. But just didn't believe me. And that was on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I got to 37 weeks and I was, that was on Friday. And I just thought, that the baby's going to come today because that's what had happened with Max. And so like this whole day I was like, you know, like looking for all of these signs, the baby did not come. Um, yeah. And then the next day I was like, I am over this. <laughs> like, <I am laughs> this is the most pregnant I've been. And just like, I was just complaining so much. And Liam was away. He'd been away for three days and he was coming home that afternoon. And I just like, I was done. And so he got home that afternoon and 
I had been, you know, wondering to him about how I was so pregnant at 37 weeks. He was like, just, you know, it's fine, like positive, positive, positive. So um, we just had dinner and kind of watched a movie, mucked around and went to bed. I slept for about an hour and then I woke up and I was just like, couldn't sleep and I just was feeling so restless and that for me I was like oh I wonder if I'm in labor you know, <laughs> this is just me like searching for you know signs again and so I was kind of tossing and turning and then Liam I must have been annoying him he, he was like okay you need to stop this like go and do something it was about 11 o'clock at night go and do something for you know half an hour and then come back to bed but you can't just lie here and keep turning because you're not going to fall asleep I was like okay sweet so I got up and I went and actually did some work and um, I was just bouncing on the Swiss ball and doing some work and sending emails and all of that. And the kind of as I was going, I was thinking, "Oh, I think I'm, I think I'm in labour." Like I just felt like my body was not even doing like having proper contractions, but I just kind of felt these like you know waves, and my stomach was getting a bit tight and relaxing. And it was about one at one a.m. by that stage, and then. Um, and then I had like the tiniest bit of blood and I was like, yes, like that's my sign. <laughs> um, and so I went back and did some more work. I, I finished sending emails about 2am, went and woke Liam up and I was like, Liam, I'm in labor. And it was just like, he was like, whatever, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I'm in labor. And he goes, actually, I was like, yep, we're calling the midwife. And he was like, okay. So he went and started filling up the pool. And um, I had to page the midwife and it was crazy because I've never paged anyone before. And I'm like real excited because I'm in labor and like starting to have like very mild contractions. So I like call this number to page them and the person's just like, yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> is this like, is this the pager for, you know, my midwife? And she was like, yes. I was like, Okay. So how does this work? And she goes, well, do you have a message? And I said, oh, yeah, tell her Alicia's in labor. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then just hung up. And I was like, oh, she wasn't even like excited for me. <laughs> and I just remember feeling so disappointed. <laughs> and then my midwife called me, you know, five minutes later. She's like, hi. And I was like, the person who I just spoke to was, was really rude. Like they didn't even say congratulations. I'm in labor. <laughs> She was like, okay, um, what's happening? And I just said, oh, I'm having contractions. And I'm like, I was so excited about having contractions. She was like, all right, I'm coming. And um, it, the same thing, like I assumed she would say, you know, call me in the morning or whatever. And she was like, no, I'm coming. And so um, she, I said, so I think, yeah, I called her just after, um, just after two. And she got there at about close to three. And then um, and the backup midwife, who was my original midwife, was there and they walked in and I was so excited to see them both because um, they were like, you know, that was our team that delivered Max. So I was so excited to see them. Um, I was having contractions and they were like coming and going and I was having this gap in between and it was so, I was so happy. Like um, I felt like I was experiencing kind of a more traditional labor because I didn't have contractions with, you know, I had these two contractions with Max so um in between I was we were like telling jokes and laughing and it was it was so surreal because you're you're like oh yeah no I'm in labor here comes another contraction and then um I felt like a lot of pressure and I said oh I think my waters are about to break so they kind of put this mat underneath me and then like a little bit of liquid came out like not really 
And then my midwife kind of, you know, had a look and stuff and she goes, oh, um, she just came over and sort of was like talking to me and kind of assessing how I was from talking to me. And she goes, oh, I think you should hop in the pool. And I said, oh, no, no, like I'm good here. I kind of don't want to move right now. She goes, oh, okay. And then I had another contraction. She was like, right, you're getting in the pool. And <laughs> I was like, no, 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 like I'm good. And she goes, no, you told me you wanted a water birth. You said that you wanted a water birth. So let's get you in the pool. And I was so thankful that she was like, you know, you need to try and get in the pool. So I got in the pool and then once I was in there, like I felt my properly felt like my waters break, that same kind of pop. And then I just was like breathing through, um, you know, contractions and I had these affirmations on the wall and they were, they were so good. Um, you know, and I kept telling myself them and my midwives were telling me like repeating my affirmations to me. And I just felt like we were like this big team delivering this baby. And then, um, about basically it was like quite similar to the last story where, um, I felt like this burning. And so sort of was just focusing on breathing and gave a little push and the head came out. Um, and then same, they were like, you know, the head's out. And then they said, okay, Alicia, you're going to push again. And then you're going to reach down and bring baby up to your chest. And I was like, okay, like I've got this. So, um, gave another push and baby came out, pulled up to my chest and, same thing after a few minutes, we were like, oh, what have we got? And we checked and she was a girl and, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, had her there for a little bit and then they checked her temperature and she was a little bit cold. So got out and got all snuggled up and covered in blankets and it just kind of waited for the, um, oh, we cut the cord after about, I think that one was a bit longer, maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. And then, um, yeah, got all snuggled up and waited for the placenta to come. Um, and that came naturally again. So once I sort of feeling a bit crampy, um, started pushing again and then the, the placenta came out and, um, yeah, I had a baby, another baby. Yeah. Oh, amazing. What lovely stories that you've got. I think, um, anybody would enjoy hearing those. <laughs> That's so nice. And so from there, did you need any stitches this time? No. So I didn't have any, um, any grazing or tearing or anything. I think the water helped quite a bit like I was definitely in the pool for um for longer this time I I did hop into the shower at one point I had to get out because Liam was trying to do interpretive dance of my birth affirmations so one of them was like you know opening up like a flower and he was like dancing around the bloody bathroom pretending to be like a flower blooming (laughs) so I was like no we're done with the bathroom yeah. And so what sort of happened from there? Were you trying or planning to try and breastfeed again and latch her on or what was that like? Yeah. So, um, we tried to, uh, cause I, I had said as well, like last time, um, you know, it took a little bit longer to latch. So I really wanted to make sure we kind of got that right from the beginning. Um, so we, while we were just having cuddles, like, um, you know, baby was starting to look for, so we got her latched on and she fed for about, um, she was latched for about 45 minutes and it was awesome. And then, um, once like that happened, we did all of the checks and I went and had a shower again and came back out and then we latched her again. And it was, it was so different. Like, it's amazing just knowing kind of when it feels right and when it feels wrong and how it should be and positioning and everything, um, you know, the second time around. So I just felt so much more confident and I knew when she was latched well and um and knew how to kind of like take her off without damaging myself. So um yeah, we had a really a really good experience 
you know, initially with that, um, after probably about maybe four or five days, you know, just when you start to get really tired and that kicks in, you get, I just got a bit lazy with checking her and making sure she was latched properly and ended up with, um, cracked and bleeding nipples and, and just a lot of pain. And so, um, I was just using the, um, hydrogel discs, yeah. um, as breast pads and they were amazing. Like just, you know, um, that and, and a really good nipple cream and, and I was good. Like we, we healed and then we got the latch right again. And, um, yeah, and, and Millie's six months now and, um, still breastfeeding and, and that's going really well. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And how did you find your physical recovery this time around? Um, I remember feeling a little bit more bruised. So I was a bit, um, so when Millie came out, she was facing the wrong way. What's that called? Posterior? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. she was facing like the wrong way. Back, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, <laughs> I had, I just felt like a lot more, like my lower back was quite sore and um, I felt really bruised. I just remember, you know, even sort of standing up and sitting down, having to move a bit slower. Um, and I ended up going to see my chiropractor when um, probably about four or five days after I had Millie and, um, just getting a couple of adjustments and just around like my hips and my pelvis. And that, that made such a huge difference for me, um, like almost immediately. And then after that, I was, um, I was good. So I didn't have, I, I barely had any bleeding when Millie was born, like to the point where the midwives were kind of waiting for it to all come out with placenta or anything. And, and there just was like hardly any blood whatsoever. But I guess as a result, then I like bled for six weeks kind of solidly. Um, so it was yeah. playing catch up there, but yeah, like apart from that, it was, um, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find adjusting to life as a mom to two babies instead of just one? And, and, um, obviously you would have had a toddler who was probably quite, um, full on. So how did you find that? Yeah. Um, it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. So Max was 21 months when Millie was born and, um, he wasn't talking or anything. And, you know, he's just at the stage where he is trying to communicate, but getting really frustrated. Um, and so it was just, it was really hard because, he was wanting a lot of attention and, you know, trying to show us things as he sort of was discovering the world around him. And I had this like newborn and um, I had a lot of anxiety around going out with them both. Um, I found that really challenging and um, just even little stuff like if I had to put them to bed in the evening by myself, like stuff like that was quite, um, quite nerve wracking because a newborn just, you know, wants your attention so often. And then at the same time, so does a toddler. Yeah. Um, and it took, it definitely took a few months to kind of get into the point where I felt like I had a groove and I wasn't anxious about going out and, and plan, planning things. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a juggle. And we were really lucky because when every time like my mum was visiting, she would make us a bunch of freezer meals. So we basically like lived off freezer meals for the first, um, I don't know, probably two months. And that was just such a lifesaver because it meant it was just like one less thing we kind of had to think about, um, while we were sort of working yeah. out, yeah, this, this juggle of two kids. Yeah. 
And what do you think would be some advice or sort of your words of wisdom to someone who's considering a home birth, but um, not, not sure about it? Um, I would say read this book, Guide to Childbirth by Ina Mae Gaskin. Um, it's just actually, to be fair, if you're just having a baby, you should read the book. Like I read the book, Liam read the book. Anytime our friends are pregnant, we buy them the book or, you know, we bought our yeah. first midwife, like five copies of the book so she could give it out to um, people because it was, <laughs> she recommended it. And yeah, it was just so good. It just, it's one of those things I think where it's a, it's such a mindset thing. Um, and knowing that this is not a medical process, this is just, you know, like a natural um, process that your body goes through giving birth. Um, and if you're, if you've got a midwife who you have a good relationship with and you're confident in, um, then that's, you know, that's so important. You've got to, you've got to feel safe with your midwife and your midwife has got to, um, back you and I guess your approach you want to take. Um, so we were just completely on the same page with our, um, both of our midwives and, you know, just fully believed, we would be in control and we knew what we were doing and we would do it safely. And so we knew if our midwife said to us, actually, we need to, you know, go into the hospital or we need to do anything, you know, they have all of the oxygen and all of that kind of extra stuff in the car for emergencies. But if they, if they said at any stage, like we need to do this, we wouldn't have even questioned them. We would have just said, right, let's go. Um, so I think like trusting your midwife and knowing that, um, yeah, you're, you're on the same page with your wishes yeah. is really important. Yeah, cool. And I think it's so lovely to hear you talk about your experience because right at the start, you sort of said you were really nervous and, and a bit anxious about giving birth and the thought of that was quite frightening. And then obviously you had read the book and it, it really changed your mindset. So I think it's really lovely that you've had the two experiences that you have. And I just thank you so much for sharing on the podcast with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.